Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is episode number 22 of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Christen, and thanks for listening, and thanks for sticking with us as we here at The Blade adjust, just as everybody else is, to what's going on around us with the coronavirus pandemic. We're all trying to do our best here, covering whether it's local sports or national sports or finding ways to get into the locker rooms of the sports that aren't going on right now. And we'll get into that here shortly. Joining me this week is Blade Sports writer. He covers the Toledo Walleye for the Blade, Mark Monroe. Mark, we're we're in different rooms now. We're doing our social isolation. So right. how's yours going right now? Good, good, Corey. Uh, this is important, this kind of thing to do, especially uh, at this these crazy times. You know, it's good to talk to you and we're practicing the social distancing. I just hope everybody... You know, staying you know staying safe and and people you know stay calm and, and just be smart about this whole thing. We'll work through it together. And uh, you know, sports usually are a distraction, Corey. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate that we've had a lot of our seasons canceled and postponed. But I think at this point, everybody is realizing that uh, the uh, ramifications, this worldwide unprecedented situation. So it's good to reach out. Like uh, walleye coach Dan Watson says to me. Uh, the phones still work, you know, last time I checked. So let's continue to reach out to each other and stay in touch that way. So glad to be here with you, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the case where sports becomes news. And the more that it develops in this in this coronavirus pandemic, we hear more about the stories of not just the sports world shutting down per se, but now the virus is quite literally affecting athletes throughout the world. And, you know, we see it right here on our home turf with, with the NBA players and now I believe an NHL player was confirmed to have it and a couple of minor league players in the Yankee system. So, you know, this is the part where, like I said, sports does become news. And yeah, I echo your sentiment. If, if you're practicing social isolation or if you're quarantined and you're away from your family or away from your friends, make sure you give them a call. Make sure you check in. Let them For know sure. you're okay. Check to see if they're okay. You know, it's weird because we all... At least you and I, Mark, and those I'm sure listening in, have sports as that normalcy to turn to, whether it's watching a basketball game or a hockey game or a baseball game. You know, there's that event in the evening that you can always look forward to. But, you know, right now there's kind of a void in the sports world. And from the early stages of the the virus spreading to the United States to, you know, Governor DeWine ordering the large gatherings and the crowds at sports events be, you know, Uh, taken away and you know the walleye playing the game in front of an empty crowd and now here we are with the walleye and the echl and we'll get to them in a second here their season's canceled but mark we're talking uh also a little bit before we started recording about the high school athletes yes whether we're going to find out whether the winter tournaments and the winter playoffs are going to be for sure canceled and there's just so many trickle-down effects that this virus is bringing to those athletes and you know, the can of worms gets opened about the seniors, and that's especially true in college with them trying to get eligibility. But you have to feel for those senior athletes, whether they're playing basketball or they're wrestling or they're playing a different winter sport. Yeah, for sure. I'm working on a story for uh, tomorrow's paper on, on what the winter athletes are doing right now. Their season's kind of in limbo. And of all the athletes, I think I might feel uh, the, the, the most bad for is is got to be the high school kids, these wrestlers basketball players the hockey players that put everything into this i mean it's year-round for a lot of these kids and uh 
right there. They're on the precipice of, you know, competing for their ultimate dream. And just like that, it's snatched away with all the uncertainty in these young kids lives right now. You wish they have that normalcy right now. They have a not no contact period, so they can't uh, get together and practice. They can't be with their coaches. So it's, it seems like a lot of these kids are taking it upon themselves to, uh, work out individually in the hopes that the season, you know, that the state tournaments will resume in a couple weeks. The OHSAA does have a meeting tomorrow afternoon, and uh, that might be one of the things. I'm sure it will be one of the things they talk about. But, uh, yeah, it, this is affecting everybody, and uh, the spring sports are uh, postponed. So it's it's everybody's affected by this, and uh, hopefully those high school kids, uh, you know, get a chance to complete their dreams. Yeah, I think the professional athletes have a couple million reasons to uh... – I don't want to say get over, but, uh, you know, they have a couple million reasons to not be right. as disappointed or as affected by the high school athletes and even the college athletes. Some that may lose that senior eligibility that's still up in the air, whether the winter athletes are going to get that extra year from the NCAA. But, mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately, in high school, and it really does suck to say and think about because David Briggs, our colleague, did a great job on, I believe it was Sunday, um, highlighting some of these examples with, you know, Napoleon basketball and evergreen basketball and many of the wrestlers around here. And even on the college level with Dayton, they had a chance to win the national tournament. So Mm -hmm. I think the number one thing that I feel for is that Napoleon team where, you know, Corey Kreinbrink had his team rolling. They were unarguably the hottest team in their division. I feel like they were favored to win that semifinal. And then once you get to that final, just about anything can happen. So yeah, that whole you know. town embraced that story. Yeah. That, that one sticks out to me to yeah, St. Francis hockey too, who had the underdogs uh, worked their way all the way back to state, but going full circle back to the, uh, the pros and getting, you know, they're, they're rich and you don't necessarily feel sorry for them in that way, getting back to the walleye and those players, they're on a whole different playing field. Now, mm-hmm. These guys at this level rely on that paycheck. So not only do you feel bad for the walleye players for having a promising season, which we'll get into snatched away, but this is their livelihood. Livelihood. A lot of these uh, players are young fathers. They have kids at home. Right now, I'm still checking checking into the unemployment whether they're going to be able to, you know, make some, you know, get some relief that way. But those guys, a lot of them, um, you know, count on that paycheck. They don't make a ton of money. They were hoping to play, obviously, with a Wally into June, so that's mm-hmm. a couple months of salary. So we'll see how that works out, and I'm sure uh, hopefully it'll work out for them and we'll get back to some normalcy here. And even from a gamesmanship standpoint, the Wally were rolling, and they were in a pretty prime position to make a playoff run here. And I know you talked to a number of players, and you talked to Coach Dan Watson just exactly about, you know, I mean, obviously they're disappointed, and, a lot of people are that the walleye season of the ECHL got canceled. And I think there were what about 15 games left in the regular season. Yeah, I think I, I counted 13, eight uh, left at the uh, Huntington center. They had had a early schedule that was heavily road uh, trips. So the bulk of the games they were going to make up here at the end of the season, that's another, the financial implications there for the walleye, you know, eight home games, not to mention all the playoff games that they would have played in, you know, they, they get, as you know, Corey, about 8,000 a night over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that financial implications there. And, uh, yeah, they were playing well, uh, very well as of late. I think they won eight of their last ten. And they really felt like everything was coming together. Uh, their last game, like you mentioned, was played in front of that empty arena. And I think that might, you know, in my 20 years of covering sports at the Blade, 
I think might be the strangest atmosphere I've ever seen. Just, uh, I mean, nobody was there. You could hear the players. You could hear the pucks, the checks, the, mm -hmm. you know, the guys celebrating, you know, Chatter. on the bench. You could hear it. You could ever hear every yeah. word. And it was just, it was, it was bizarre. And the players didn't like it. And, uh, I guess uh, that's the only way they probably could have completed the season is before empty crowds. So I think, uh, you know, the ECHL really had no other decision than to uh, choice but to cancel this thing. But, uh, yeah, the wall had a good thing rolling for sure. I mean, I've been to minor league baseball games where it's either early April and it's freezing cold and nobody goes or there's football. Let's be frank, when Friday night football hits, you know, those Friday night, I don't know about the mud hens necessarily, but – Back where I'm from here in Youngstown, uh, the, the whole area kind of gets shut down by high school football and oh, the yeah. minor league baseball team over here, the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. I mean, there'll be a few hundred fans there, and of course it'll get counted a little bit higher maybe. But, you know, you can hear player chatter. You can hear bats cracking. You can hear the mitts popping. You can hear a lot of that really clearly. And uh, it may not be as surreal of an event as having zero fans there and, zero. you know, yeah. what, what you experience, But, you know... That game in general, the Walleye end up winning that game, which was a really good game for them, and just continuing their role being mm -hmm. some kind of an experience for them too. Yeah, that was. Uh, they actually played Cincinnati, the team that they were, they've been chasing here for the Central Division title in that last game. They won five to three, and they pulled within five game, uh, five points of the Cyclones, and uh, had I think four games in hand on them. So I really think they had a legit chance of catching Cincinnati to win the central division and, and get home ice advantage, at least through the first two rounds. And yeah, I could definitely have seen this team go into the conference finals again. And I know coach Dan Watson really believes they had the team to go all the way back to the Kelly cup and maybe win the whole thing. So uh, you just feel bad for uh, the fan base that have really just the hockey fans in this area that are really itching for that cup um, to have it just snatched away like that. But again, you know, it's all understandable. Yeah, unfortunately, an incomplete season for the Walleye, but a couple of breakout stars, I would say, from this team, uh, looking at Josh Kessner, who led the league in scoring, and then Billy Christopoulos, who came over as just a flyer name, I feel like, and then just came out and was really one of the best goaltenders, if not the best goaltender in the whole league. Yeah, kid came out of nowhere, really. One of the best stories I think I can remember in recent years for the Walleye, just uh Air Force graduate in the spring and uh, was playing, was out with the uh, South Carolina Stingrays down there and wasn't getting any playing time. So Coach Dan Watson freely admits he knew nothing about the kid when he traded for him. Yeah. Didn't give up. And when he came in, he just took took the bull by the horns, as they say, and just ran with it. And he became a huge, he's just a neat guy, too. Just uh, kind of a soft-spoken kid, but... Uh, nickname caught on here they started calling him goose and uh billy the greek and billy stops a lot for stops a lot and nice uh just a really neat story with him and he hit the numbers he was putting together that 932 save percentage that led the league is that's a phenomenal number i mean a lot of goaltenders i've always talked to over the years that's the stat they look at goals against can be misleading because of the team in front mm -hmm. of you but really um save percentage and the kid just was rolling and uh yeah, I think he, he could have been goalie of the year, could have been rookie of the year. Um, those are two possibilities that we'll just uh, never know. There's a chance Billy could be back next year, but with the ECHL, you just you never know what it's going to look like next year. Air Force Academy grad, who too, huh? Yeah, really a military guy. He was. Uh, I did a feature story on him, uh, I think, in January where he's 
part of his military service, uh, they have to do the, you know, the commitment after the four years there. And he had worked out a program where he's, he goes to camps and clinics, but, uh, just a really neat story that, um, you know, unfortunately we're not going to see the completion of that one. And then Josh Kessner, his second year in the ECHL led the league in goals scored. He had 33 of those in 58 games. And then the 73 points. I mean, he was on a tear pretty much for the whole season. Really, I might say the most consistent player of the wall I had this year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, other than Billy, who I guess you almost have to call Billy the MVP because without him, the goaltender is the most important position. But Josh mm-hmm. Kessner was just unbelievable. He played against the walleye there in that uh, Kelly Cup final last year for Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they signed him uh, here and, uh, you know, they knew what he had, you know, what he was capable of. But I don't think anybody really saw what was coming. He... Uh, he had been an unbelievable tear. He, you know, like you said, he could have been the ECHL scoring leader at the time the end season ended. He was uh, both in goals and points, but he also had some um, walleye records in sight. The uh, single season goal scoring record that Kyle Bonus had set was only um, three short of tying that. And he might've even been able to track down uh, Shane Birschbeck, who's leads the walleye in every franchise category. And uh, he was, I think, 13 points from that and uh, you know it's just a too bad to see that snatched away both bonus and Birchback, by the way are, are still on the team and that was kind of neat to see the the you know ribbing between them like uh bonus telling them to slow down kid you know and, and, and all that but uh i think josh kestner those two are the the guys that i think uh most people feel feel uh bad for Walleye were third in the Western Conference standings, so if there's a silver lining out of all this, Walleye fans, the Toledo Walleye are still your defending Western Conference champions for another year. <laughs> I so, love that. That's, that's uh, you know, people kind of uh, also the other thing that I heard a lot from the guys, which you normally you don't hear, is the winning percentage. They said, uh, hey, if you look at our winning percentage, which was 669, they finished actually – higher than Cincinnati. So in their minds, they're central division champions too. Why not? Right? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Hang all the banners, you know, <laughs> central Florida did it with football. They went undefeated right. and hung banners. Yeah. Uh, we talked with David Briggs last week and Toledo is one of 124 teams that we know of that one by definition to win the NCAA tournament, you have to win that last game. Toledo UT won their last basketball game, men's basketball game. So UT Same. can stake a claim to the NCAA tournament themselves. Yeah, and, that's that's stuff that's kind of fun to talk about. But again, um, you know, it's just an empty title, if anything. And but you know, I guess it's you know, you got to look at some things, uh, bright spots. And really, there was a lot that went on with the walleye this year, with the attendance again. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to say to point out was the that zero attendance game really hurt them attendance wise. Because that mm-hmm. ended, actually ended up pounding against their average attendance, so oh. it knocked them down like three hundred. I noticed, and because uh, they were averaging like seven seven thousand seven hundred before, and then at the end at seven thousand four hundred. Not that you know it's not that big of a deal, but uh, you know twenty four sellouts out of twenty seven games, and uh, they were packing them in. They hit their two hundred sellout there uh, franchise wise this year, and people were loving the walleye at the bank tank uh, as. Uh, you got to trademark that. Yeah, I hope that catches on, even though uh, we're at a halt here. I kind of put through that out there, and it had some mm-hmm. legs. But anyway, it's uh, try to have fun uh, in these situations sometimes. I think you got to try to have fun in these situations right now. Look at the mm. bright side if you can. 
Um, here's another player that I wanted to look at the bright side of. And we talked about Josh Kessner, who could have gotten to, I believe it was second on the uh, all-time team list and goals scored for the season. But in points, he was 13 away from tying his teammate Shane Burschback for the most in a season. He was, uh, Burschback had 86, so uh, Kessner at 73. But Burschback became the franchise's basically GOAT all-time leader in just about everything had the points record, uh, you know, a, a few years ago. And, um, he had another good season for Toledo this year too. Oh yeah. He, he had a, scored 20 goals again. He had always been known as an assist guy. This is his sixth year with the team. And it's just really for the lack of a better word, the face of the franchise, everybody loves uh Bursch and, uh, you know, just, uh, he's really, he played his entire career here. And again, it was putting together another fantastic year. I don't know. You know, I try to get a sense of where he was at as far as whether he may come back. And everything's so fresh with a lot of these guys. It's day to day, just like it is for you and me and everybody else right now. They're not really thinking about next year. But if I had to guess, I, I would think he wouldn't want to end it on that note just because he'd been playing so well, too. He hadn't really hadn't missed a step. I mean, he himself was sixth in the in all of the ECHL in scoring uh, when this thing ended. So he hadn't lost a step. And, mm-hmm. and just to see him... Uh, continue to roll and uh like you said the last thing he needed to get was the all-time um um goal the uh, uh, goal scored and now he's leads and assists goal scored points games and everything else so um you know that's another guy you, you feel feel bad for is uh Bursch Shane Bursch back mm-hmm. yeah I mean well I mean the whole team you obviously feel yes. for and you know, you got to kind of walk the halls of the Huntington Center, uh, you know, one last time. I saw the big photo front that um, our, our guy, uh, Bill Piotrowski, laid down in the empty locker room. And just like that kind of symbolizes how we all feel right now, including, I'm sure, the players, is that just that empty feeling of, you know, the what ifs and, you know, just yeah. to think about the things that they could have done if the season kept going. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of the again, one of the more strange uh, atmospheres. There's just a mix of sadness, kind of just confusion and um, frustration. Uh, you know, obviously they're upset too. They want to continue playing and having to clean out your locker room with nothing resolved. And, uh, you know, you you think, you know, they like you like to hug a guy because you're not going to see him maybe for the summer, maybe ever again. And you can't do that because of the social distancing. And mm-hmm. it's just uh it's unprecedented stuff that we're seeing and you could just feel it and just in the air, just how, you know, just the what ifs. And, uh, this is just what, this is, you know, they, they put their heart and souls into this thing and all of a sudden it's just ending. And, you know, usually either finish the season, like you were saying with a win or a loss and, and really it just, this one's just, you're done. That's all. And it's, that's really hard to comprehend at all. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have that void that something got taken away too soon. Um, you know, something ended before it should have. And it, regardless, like I, like we were talking about earlier, whether it's the walleye or high schools or the NCAA tournament, and we were leading up, we were at the precipice of having UT versus Bowling Green men's basketball round three in the MAC tournament. Mm-hmm. And I know that UT kind of had a score to settle and – for Bowling Green looking to get to their first tournament since 68. And this felt like the team that was going to do it, even against an acrid team that they had one great game against and one bad game against. And uh, one, maybe not bad, but not so great game. Right. Um, 
but UT, you know, they felt like they could have won that game. And, you know, I guess the, we're all left with more questions than answers. And, you know, I think the main thing is that we're, we're all learning more about what's going on around us. And it's something that we will get through. It's just a matter of when we'll get through it. And, right. you know, I'm not going to go out to say, well, the ECHL 2020, you know, 2020 to 2021 season is going to be in jeopardy, but no, you know, well, you never know, but I will yeah. say that uh, on Friday, another plug here, I will have a story on, What's next? Basically, Dan Watson, like I said, uh, has already worked in the phones. He said, last I checked, the phone still works. So he's already reaching out to these college kids that are done. Um, you know, yeah. he's planning for next season, getting the roster, what who he thinks he wants to bring in. And there are me- already meeting for next season. So, again, there's there's light at the end of this tunnel. Sports will be back. Things mm-hmm. will get back to normal. But, you know, let's just be good to each other and we'll we'll, we'll work through this. You bring up Dan Watson. What was his tone like? You know, what was his emotions that he was expressing in, in your conversation with him? Oh, just about the same as everybody else. Just disappointment, you know, overall and kind of just, what did he say? An unsettling feeling, you know, just helpless. Just like, here's the, the hand we were dealt. There's nothing we can do. Uh, that's just, you know, it's over guys. And that's, that's all there is to it. And, uh, just, I think he felt bad, just like we've been talking about, especially for Billy and, well, you know, and, and Josh and, and everybody that uh, had great seasons going. And, you know, how much time, uh, Corey, how much time the coaching staff puts into this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, the guy puts in countless hours just uh, working in video and breaking down everything and scouting. And he does it all over there as the director of player development over there, too. He can t- totally you know, constructs that roster. So if anybody's hit worse than him, I don't know who it is because he put a lot of time to put a, what he thought was a Kelly Cup champion caliber team together. You mentioned Watson's working on that team for next year already. He's already potentially hitting the phones, looking for those college prospects. So that's about all you can do right now is just plan for what's next. And we know, thankfully, it, it's kind of a good thing that it, it, in a silver lining way that this happened when it did because – you know, you and I could be sitting here wondering, well, when's the season going to be, you know, uh, back on? When are we going to get back to hockey? When are we going to get back to this or that? And just because the NHL hasn't canceled yet, you know, technically, um, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they can't get back to it. And, you know, whether you're a Detroit Red Wings fan or if you're like me as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, you know, you have that suspended belief that the season's going to come back. At least mm-hmm. in a silver lining perspective, and that's kind of what we're all trying to look for here, I think. The ECHL flat out canceling the season and not dragging it out and not making it a bigger deal and not leaving us all hanging. There's that feeling of closure, I think, that mm-hmm. you know maybe Watson or the players or you or I or even a walleye fan listening might have. It's that, you know, it sucks that that season's not going to end the way we all want it to, which again, potentially could be a championship, but it also could be something bad in the playoffs. And um, we're not going to know, and we never will. And there's that mm-hmm. suspended belief that next year now, there's going to be this giant void that we're all looking to fill, and it's going to come back, which just, you know, not, unfortunately, this season. Yep, definitely have to be patient. I believe uh, the AHL, which is obviously the step above the ECHL, may be the next to um... – cancel their season um right now they're uh on hold as nhl is on hold but it's just for the minor leagues it's a lot harder to do the rescheduling and 
just there's a lot of logistics involved. It was virtually impossible for the ECHL to do it, just to re- do all the rescheduling and just to pay the players through all this. And yeah. uh, I, th- I believe the American Hockey League might be the next to, uh, to unfortunately cancel their season. But uh, I guess we just, as everybody says, day to day, and uh, we'll see uh, how this all plays out. We'll see what happens with the Mud Hens too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Major League Baseball basically being on hold until what May. Um, we'll see what happens with the Mud Hens and when they get back to action. Maybe we won't see the full uh, 140 game slate. But you know, if we could get 100 games, if we could get even a short season, I know short season ball plays about a 78 game schedule. So if there's the room to play a short season type schedule, then you know maybe that's an option. I feel like that minor league baseball, major league baseball for that matter, are going to have to completely rework their stuff. No, um, for sure. But I, I feel optimistic that uh, we'll hold on to baseball. I think baseball will be back, you know, just uh, give it a couple months. They can play half a season or a quarter of a season if need be. But I think uh, maybe the NBA, as they're saying, may play before empty you know, stadiums to complete their season and – Everything, again, is just up in the air, and uh, this is a little unsettling times, uh, Corey. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what happens next. I proposed on last week's podcast that the NBA should go right into the playoffs whenever they come back. Go right into playoffs, have every team make the playoffs, seed the Eastern Conference on one side, seed the Western Conference on the other, one game elimination up until the conference finals, then do your series from there. I think that's... That's my test on that, but yeah, yeah we'll see. I've, I've heard a lot of different proposals, and hopefully, uh, they'll figure something out. To, you know, because sports, obviously, to go full full circle on this is, you know, it provides uh, entertainment. It's an outlet. It's a distraction. It's a uh, passion for a lot of people. And uh, mm-hmm. this again, we do this for our living, Corey. And uh, you know, let's hope everything. First of all, everybody's safe. We get this under control and uh mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get back to uh watching the games we love yeah we're trying to make chicken salad out of uh chicken giblets but right yeah it, it's not it's not easy you know what, what 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 not just what we're doing but i feel like what general sports fans are doing maybe they're spending more time with their loved ones maybe they're discovering new hobbies maybe they're you know it's always nice to have that break but I think it was always a feeling of not this way that we actually got to that break. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just leaves an empty feeling for sure for the walleye in particular. So we'll get, we'll get back to sports eventually. Just unfortunately not yet. And um, as for here on our podcast, you know, the show must go on. That's the one thing the show must go on. We'll find something, whether it's, you know, the major sports world or we can localize some stuff or, if it's Ohio State and Michigan recruiting, which there's still quite a bit going on, or mm-hmm. UT or BG recruiting, we'll find ways to have this podcast be as positive as we can, as as sports oriented as we can. But there's no secret, you know, and, and it's not just us. It's it's the thousands and thousands of radio programs and TV programs, uh, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS, whichever you frequent. They're looking for different ways too, and. Here at the Blade, I mean, we ran dog sledding on our second page one day because, you know, we're, yeah. we're just, we're figuring out in this pandemic that's unfortunately spread throughout our nation has become the news epicenter, and that includes in the sports world. So we're, we're going to obviously do our due diligence and keep 
those informed that need to be informed of what they we feel they should be informed. But also, we're going to try to make light of some things, and I think that's what we need to do the best right now. So Yeah, I think it's great that we're continuing the podcast. I think it's important for people to you know just talk about what's going on because we're all going through it together so i'm glad that the you know we're keeping the podcast going and i hope you know we're able to chat uh again uh here Corey. if we can come on this medium one time per week and whether it's reiterating and trying to keep things in perspective whether it's sports or or if it's about reality and mark and i are not professional doctors we're not going to tell you to <laughs> do one thing or do one other thing. But the main thing from a human end that I think we could both speak on is just safety and being there for your neighbor and being there for your brother or sister or a parent or whoever may need you, a friend. Those are the important things that we all have to keep in mind. You know, in, in sports, Mark, we always talk about winners and losers and we always talk about who's superior and who's inferior. And we always talk about who's going to be on top and who's going to be looking up to the top and, what is going on right now is we're all back on an even playing surface. We're all back on the same ground level and we're all brought back down to human roots. And yeah, it's, uh, it's more, it's more important than ever. For sure. Well said, Corey, I, I think, you know, uh, sports really teach you life lessons. I always felt that that was true. You know, you, you deal with adversity and you figure it out You and you go back and you work hard, fix some things and go out and try to do better. And, Maybe that uh, we can use sports as kind of a, a pattern here to, uh, you know, get through this thing and just be there for each other. And, uh, you know, we'll get through it. So, yep, we will. Just patience is a virtue, they say. So if we can have that patience, if we can take care of ourselves and take care of our neighbor, and uh, I think we'll be fine. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we, uh, before we get out of here? Anything you, especially you wanted to mention? No, just, I, you know, we'll continue working, uh, you know, trying to bring you stories that we think might be of interest to you and uh hopefully you'll continue to follow along and then click our stories and read our tweets and uh you know hopefully uh we'll we'll keep you guys uh informed as to the beats that we cover and uh, we'll do our part to uh, help everybody get through this Corey. so thanks again for continuing to do this 100 percent. i think i think it's something that we need to do we need to try to find that escape again um and find that beacon of normalcy that we can turn to um if i had a final thought to share it's we here at the blade we're very fortunate that we get to keep working we get to keep getting up every day and doing our jobs and um i just uh i just want to give my thoughts and share my sympathies if you're not working right now or if you're unable to work or you know if things are getting tough right now then i'm keeping those of you in in my thoughts and just really pulling and i wish i had a couple bucks to spare because we're all trying to you know make like I said, chicken salad with chicken giblets. But I just want to give my thoughts to those that are finding it a little bit harder right now with, with sure. what's going on. Absolutely. So we'll all get through it. Have faith. Whichever faith you believe in, if you have it, turn to it. Love your neighbor. Love your parents. Love your family. Be there for them. I got my dog next to me. He's passed out sleeping. So <laughs> me he's, too. Uh, yeah, so he's he's all good, it seems like. Dogs, from what I hear, cannot be affected yeah, by this. Get so. a dog. If you don't have one, get one. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I actually read that um, there's some sure. shelters that the adoptions are going down right now. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you need a companion, now might be as good of a time as ever. Absolutely. But, um, yep. Find a way. If you could turn to a neighbor, then I'd say turn to one. So 
Mark, I think we're, we're good to get out of here. Thanks again for joining me this week. We're both, like I said, we're both remote. I'm at my home, uh, my parents' house in Youngstown. I drove back this past weekend, and I've been here for a few days working from home. And I know, Mark, you're working from home. So stay safe out there and just keep aware, and we'll all be fine. Hang in there, everybody. Thanks, Corey. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, those of you listening. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please consider subscribing. We always appreciate that. You can find us on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide. You can find us basically where anywhere podcasts are found, on Google Play, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. So for this week, for Mark Monroe, my name is Corey Christen. Thank those of you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Glass City Game Time.